You are listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown, where we upgrade our relationships and life by applying practical ideas, universal truths, and life-changing inspiration. Let's go have some fun. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. I'd like to introduce my next guest. His name is Howard Cosmonaut Palmer. He is a Jamaican-born self-care and wellness advocate who uses mindful movement to inspire and instruct busy families to prioritize calm, intentional daily action. Having survived three open-heart surgeries as a child and experiencing the death of a close friend in his childhood physical rehab center, Cosmonaut began his journey to inner peace far before adulthood. Later in life, as an engineer, a stuntman, a father, and a man who always has a side hustle or two going on, he knows firsthand the challenges of navigating an outer life while trying to maintain a peaceful inner life. Today, Cosmonaut's personal practice includes parkour, climbing, meditation, music, plants as medicine, and love as his religion. So let's get started. Hello, Cosmonaut, and thank you so much for being on the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. I've been looking forward to our conversation. Hello, Kristen. Hello. How are you? Thank you so much for inviting me, and I'm glad to be here. I just want to give a tiny little bit of background to my listeners that I've I've recently been on the Wisdom app. I was invited earlier when they were doing the whole early stages of this, but I did not get on during the beta stage because I had too many things going on in October, so I've only been on there for about three weeks. And I, those of you that don't understand the wisdom app yet, you just kind of swipe through and you hear people speaking. And I heard Cosmonaut speaking and I was just so drawn in by the, not only the words he was using, but the cadence of his language and his, his knowledge and his wisdom and the, the peace that I felt when I was listening to him that immediately I friended him on Instagram and invited him to be on my podcast because he's someone that I want to share with the world. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I'm humbled by that introduction. Thank you. Um, I don't know. You know, I think wisdom brought us together, you know, the word and the app, the idea of seeking that internal truth from the life that we've lived. You know, wisdom is gained through our experience and they say wisdom is gained through aging, you know, and you gain experience through that. So a lot of what I intended on the app and what I do with my platform or the content that I share is really just for it to be a conversation piece. I know that um, a lot of the leaders on there continue to lead and they speak in a way that um, allows you to listen and follow and take notes. I offer all of that and a sense of motivation, I hope, because uh, I want you to be empowered. Cosmonaut, the me, myself, it means of a cosmic mind. It means to be of an open mind, to be of a cosmic knot, to consider that there is a cosmic self of you here on earth, that reflection, and how much of that love and work is being done. I break down a lot of my practice into three introductions of mindfulness, movement, and meditation. And a lot of us are aware of the word mindfulness. It's a very big buzzword nowadays. But for me, mindfulness is how we focus on the conflicts and the loves in our life and literally take on um, a disciplinary approach. You know, we can even make it fun. I have an acronym or not an acronym I created, but an acronym I use called RAIN. And you recognize, you acknowledge, you investigate, and then you nurture. You know, we use that as a mindfulness practice to get through or um, recognize the love and difficulties in our point, our life and our, the points in our life. And then with movement, that's really simple. Walk, yoga, run, jog, dance, laugh, anything that gets the mind and body connection working is like the biggest or the most important thing I would say is a part of movement. It doesn't have to be right. It just has to be consistent. Mm-hmm. And then the last piece is meditation. And it's as simple as practicing stillness. Meditation is always being done through the sense of awareness, but the physicalness of it is literally stillness. We do it when we sleep. We practice a a form of death when we sleep, right? And we practice a stillness every day, whether we're seated in a focused moment, driving to work or reading a book or having dinner, or even in this meeting, 
there's an overall sense of stillness that's being offered to us. Even though my hands are very moving, <laughs> my body is still still. And in, in a way that my mind body is also still. So practicing levels of stillness and levels of meditation is um, part of that three-pronged practice of mindfulness, movement, and meditation that I've spent the last decade teaching, learning, introducing, constantly living with, you know, and as I say, wisdom brought us in because the experience brought me to continue find ways to share it, you know, and, and have fun with it. I'd like, I really, I have spacesuits <laughs> that I put on in representation to it all as well. I'm sorry, I don't have one one today. Well, I was going to say, you know, mm -hmm. you could have blessed us with a spacesuit, but maybe I could, I, I, I thought about <laughs> it. We were just, I was like, I couldn't decide whether the white one, the blue one or the orange one. So now, now we have to have a part two or possibly I can bring you on my space of the world, you know, my side of the universe and uh, I'll have a spacesuit then. I love that. So when I was reading through your bio, you talked about just some situations and experiences that happened in your early childhood. So that I believe I, I'm assuming have brought you to this space that you're in now. Oh, yes. Yeah. So would you mind giving the listeners a little backstory <laughs> to you about like what promoted you through life to become cosmonaut now, who's a healer, a teacher, a leader in the world? I sure, I sure. Well, you know, on my podcast, I talk about exploring our inner universe and shining the light of love and acceptance with planetary alignment. And so breaking that all down, shining that inner light of love and acceptance, start there where I came from in Jamaica and how I, in, how I felt my life was then before I came to America when I was eight, nine, 10, it was love. There were different people that looked different, but we were all Jamaicans, you know, come to find out there are Asian Jamaicans, there's Indian Jamaicans, there's white Jamaicans. We're all Jamaicans, it's one love. So for me, it was more of a shock to be introduced to the idea of separatism and racism and different um, ways that you wear things that based on your attire, you might not have the right friends. You know, if my mom went to Walmart and got me some shoes, but those kids over there wear Jordans, apparently I can't be friends with them anymore or at all. Are you talking about when you came to America? That yeah, you, that this you was my introduction, the culture shock or the culture wow. change or how, for me, it, my attire or who I was wasn't important to the world outside more than it was to me. Now, granted, every Jamaica is a very um, passionate country, mm -hmm. right? We love our music, we love our ways, so we do have a way of about ourselves too. But what I'm getting that getting at is that at a young age or such a young age, I wasn't prepared for it, mm -hmm. and a lot of it was left to my demise or for me to control because my mom is trying to live her life too, be a single mom and do her best, and then society is kind of built that way for you to grow in it you're supposed to go through these hard times you know or as a kid know how to pick your friends and you know you're supposed to i don't know where you're supposed to pick up pick up all this knowledge but you're supposed to learn it mm -hmm. so uh for me shining that light of love and acceptance was learning how much of that acceptance was coming from me and then possibly me trying to get it from other people to me. And the cosmonaut came from motivational speakers. And when I used to say positive stuff to myself, like, I'm happy with my day. Okay, what does that mean? Well, I got to go to school today. I got to see this one pretty girl that I really like. I got to use my favorite pencil. Like I would break this stuff down as a young child. And then as I got into my teenage years, I realized that that sense of breaking down my day also made it made me more stingy about how I spend my teenage days. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't hang out if I didn't feel it was part of a good breakdown for the day. <laughs> if I said, I, today wouldn't sound like a good way to end the day if we go do that. So I'm not going to do that. I would still <laughs> grant, get into trouble, but I would be that aware, I guess, or thinking of how much of who I wanted to hang out with and why. Now, on the back end of it, it's the trauma of being picked on as my name is Howard, you know, and in the 80s, Howard the Duck was very big and I had big lips and I, my Jamaican accent was very, very strong. So kids are kids. 
and mm -hmm. we're all going to try to survive. And so if you're the kid that's easily picked on, then they're just going to pick on you. <laughs> so they don't have to be picked on, you know, it's, it's just a part of the game. Obviously you learn that in retrospect, but initially right then and there, you, you might think something's wrong with you. And then you, you go through this phase of trying to, as I did too, trying to please people thinking that, okay, but I want to be, I want friends. So let's do that thing that we know it's not right, but Hey, I did it. So now I'm your friend. And it's, it, it happens to all of us. It's, it doesn't matter where you're from. It's, it might be just the way we grow as humans, but the cosmonaut is shining that light of love and acceptance. So love and acceptance, learning how to love myself and learning how to be accepted and then shining that light on it because those conversations and those moments happen in dark spaces. They happen in dark, like in our thoughts and possibly by ourselves. And we might have to go through a sad moment to then come back up like a flower, you know, like a seed is always in darkness before the light kind of deal. We might need to be a seed first before we become that flower. But the point is, if you shine the light, that's the only way the flower will grow. So if the sun is not being shined on the dirt where the seed is, it won't grow, you know? And it possibly, we, we, the analogy doesn't have to go that deep, but my point is we're natural, we're nature, you know? We, it's really important to remember these basic necessities of ourselves, whether it be sleeping, whether it be moving, whether having a, a sense of gratitude or mindfulness about our day. These are simple things outside of our digitized life that we have that if we, that I know the more I practice them, the more accepting I am of myself, if not my life. And then I can make decisions and make changes that may not make everybody happy, but at least I'm happy first. Mm -hmm. You know, I was an engineer for 20 years and it was great, but there was a lot of mental exhaustion that was happening there that I need to learn to take a step back from. And so I did. And I'm, I'm very happy that I did. So my question is, is as a, a young man, okay, mm. coming into your it, growing up, coming here at seven or eight years old, coming to mm. America at seven or eight years old and having these awarenesses that, that a lot of um, value was placed on extrinsic things. Mm. How did you know, or did you have someone to guide you? How did you know to start choosing for yourself? choosing, choosing for a young kid saying, I'm going to choose my day is like, I, I, you know, the only thing every time I go, like I journal or I think about, you know, I try not to go so much in my past more than try to remember the good times. Mm -hmm. And um, if I take your question and think about it, it really comes from the opposite of what the experience was, was the traumatic experiences. You know, I'm not necessarily talking about my dad and son relationship too, that was very lacking and abusive, you know, and, or also um, certain things that may have happened in and out of the home. Like those things traumatized me to want to have something to hold on to. And if I could pretend that when I wake up, that what I say and do is in my world, in my control, and then when my day ends and I go lay down on my Ninja Turtle pillow in my Ninja Turtle covers, I've won. You know, it was, it's, 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 it's almost like a cartoon. And maybe it's not healthy as a child to pretend so deeply, but it worked for me. You know, I'm not I don't, so I don't... sure about that. I think that sounds kind of awakened <laughs> to me. I mean, for a little boy to find a space where he felt peace. Uh, that's that's amazing like it well, makes me feel like you came here with this well and i i was you got I, to practice it and yeah i i was i died i um uh, so when i was born i had a bad um i had a bad heart and in jamaica in the time it was very difficult for my mother to get help uh with a baby and so summarizing the whole point is that they had to perform an emergency open heart surgery on a four day old baby that essentially did not make it through the surgery. Initially, a doctor by the name of Howard Spencer did his magic and brought me back to life. And so my mother changed my name from Sanjel to Howard and in kind of an appreciation and, you know, love for him for giving me yet a second life. 
I lived in that hospital for about five years. In between that space, my mother moved away to the U.S. in hopes to build a better life and bring myself and her daughter up at the time. I didn't know my sister at the time, though. And at age four, while still in the hospital, I caught a stroke. And yet another open heart surgery had to happen. I, I was pronounced very much on the line of being flat. Um, you know, like he may die again or he may, but this time at age four, there may be, if he does come through, there may be some physical ailments or physical, you know, because he's got a stroke and um, strokes usually cause you to go through some. Yes. So miraculously, I did have some problems, but by age five, I started healing, walking on my own, going to the bathroom on my own, functioning, recognizing, talking, and moving on my own. It just all by the age of five, they said. And it became real quick. And you're saying mm -hmm. your mother was not there. You were living in a hospital. Essentially. I was this, this was all with the nurses and the doctors from a, from day four to age five. Fascinating. And then, and then I left the hospital and moved in with my grandmother, my mother's mother and stayed with her until my mother came to pick me up along with my sister. And I met them both around the same time. And we moved to the U S all in one shot. Fascinating. I, I want to go back to those days in the in the hospital in a positive mm. way and wondering as, a, you know, that little child being basically mm. raised in a hospital and not having a primary caregiver, meaning a yeah. you know, mother or well, a father. I had, I had angels, right? I had that's what I was. That's things. what I'm getting yeah. to. That's what I'm Okay. Do you see me right now? I, I'm, well, I'm I didn't thinking, see that until you started. What saying was, that because what I had was a swirling around you? Yeah. I had a best friend that unfortunately, and this is a university hospital. So granted, these are students themselves in practice. A lot of the work that was done on me, or at least in, in thought, or it was, you know, theory-based. But I had a best friend there to a young boy. I forget what he was in there for, but he ended up getting a hold of some type of roach or rat poison in the hospital, and he ended up dying. Um, I knew it as a child, something was wrong because there's a space in conversation to how I was acting afterwards is that I ended up crawling out of my crib and almost outside of the hospital, the hospital that we had in Jamaica. And they found me almost in the middle of the street. In a sense, I was looking for my friend. That's what I think I was doing. But to your point, yes, I had angels protecting me. But I also had a very close niche young community, like it's an island, you know, and, and in the 80s, and I was born in the year of 1980. So from 80 to 85, essentially, this is the, the, the span of that time period. You can think of what was happening in those in the in the beginning of the 80s, we were still in the 70s, we were dancing, we were, you know, Michael Jackson and the idea of becoming more I want to, you know, dance and pop was, it was, yes, it was still picking it was up yes, it was, it it was. Was, and it was coming. And so, and in Jamaica, we had just been introduced to a big religious shock in the sense of Rastafarianism, because there was a guy named Selassie, not just a guy, excuse me, an emperor and a king who was named through the Bible and the, and all these Solomons and Testament who came to Jamaica. And for the Rastafarians, that was almost like Moses just or Noah just parted the sea or something you know wow. it, it was it was a very big moment and my mother was there for it as well so a lot of the children or the young people that were caring for me they were essentially being Americanized and socialized and you know it was the young 80s and of course drugs were big there and and the, the marijuana scene and so I think it was people were we were all trying to survive and prepare for our future and the people around me cared for me in that way. You know, they wanted to see me live. So they, they took, took care of me. Yes. And I, obviously I thank them with all my heart. It's a, it's a fascinating, probably one of the most fascinating upbringings that I've heard. <laughs> it, it really, and how, I don't know, like sometimes when these things happen, I'm like, what is the plan? Like, I feel like there's a plan you're, you're saying, yeah, yes. Yeah, so tell me well, about that. What do you think? <laughs> well, here's what my brother, um, 
he's so fascinating. He is my brother-in-law, but to me, he's my brother. Uh, to him, there is no plan. There is nothing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the beauty of it. You know, we, we are so powerful and so vast in our, in our existence or the, the perception of our existence that there's just nothing. And we're so powerful, we make up things. So even we make up the afterlife. For me, in relation to why I introduced that point, is that there is nothing, but it's no thing. Meaning it's a darkness that is ever living. It's present. It, it comes, it's the darkness, then the light. So what is to come and what it, what it is, it's more internal work. It's more of us learning more of what that darkness is. That it's almost like if when you're having a conversation with yourself without your mouth moving, you are hearing your words, but you don't have an ear in your head. Mm -hmm. How is this possible? Mm -hmm. And it's not to make it like a Bill Nye the Science Guy thing, but we do these magical things all the time, instantly, daily, but yet we don't find ourselves living in our present moment as if it's all magical. So for me, where we're going is inward into the cosmic self, into a way of being so aware of the moment with the breath that you just realize you are breathing life into yourself. And as you exhale, you breathe life back out mm -hmm. so that it can return carbon dioxide or not. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're going. We're going into the cycle of our life. And it could be as far as as below, so, or as above, so below, or as within, so without, or as the heavens, as the earth, whatever duality we want to live in. But the more we become aware of that, the better. And that's where I, I want us to go. <laughs> and that's where I project all of this work, mm -hmm. inward, loving, self, learning, nurturing. Um, sure, we get sad. It's important to recognize that it's not all love, but it has to be a certain level of acceptance. And right now, if I look at society, there's a lot of non-acceptance. We're so very sensitive right now. We don't accept a lot of things. We'll cancel anything we don't like. I don't know if that's a, a good thing, but it's definitely on the other side of the spectrum, which mm -hmm. is where we need it to be right now, because on the other side, we were very ignorant or choosing to be destructive. You know, we, destructive thank yeah. you. Very powerful word. Mm -hmm. So we need now we're being more radical, you know, but we can turn that into a loving self, uh, uh, radical self-love, if anything, and still find a way to balance back. That's exactly what I always say. I say if the pendulum's way over here, mm -hmm. right? Where we're talking about that's the, the word I was looking at. You know, it might mm -hmm. go way over here, mm -hmm. you know, initially, and mm -hmm. then, and then it starts to come to the center and balance itself out in so, gravitational space. <laughs> yeah, so in my opinion, yeah. with this whole thing that's happening, I've been very at peace with all these poles and polarities and things yeah. and craziness happening because I feel like this is the universe correcting. It's yeah. co trying to correct things that have happened and to bring everybody more towards the center. I agree. I agree. And it's, it's something I just heard myself, uh, heard say it's, it's gravitational space and we are of a three D a three dimension. And so in this dimension, gravity is one of the elements that affect our atoms. So because of that, you're 100% right. Whether anyone chooses to believe that to be true or not, that the pendulum must swing back, the tables must turn, you know, the egg must become the chicken. Like these things, the tree must fall in the forest. Like all these things are truths, you know, not necessarily there are truths within our realities. And whether we choose to live them, believe them, or see them, they exist. And that is the awareness I would love us to get back to as a whole, as a people, the awareness of the truths. Like we are destructive when you say things behind people back or intend to do malicious things, or you don't think anybody's gonna see you. No, those things add up. And it's very important to have a sense of, I heard somebody say it, the uh, um, like self responsibility, oh, have a sure. sense of self-responsibility. 
You know, I call it self-awareness and discipline, but it is a responsibility. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be as, I'm not going to smoke because smoking is bad. No, it could be, I'm not going to do drugs because that's not good. Mm -hmm. You understand? And then figure out what smoking actually means for you. I don't know if that was a good example, but my point is we have to learn to be more responsible, period. It starts with self, right? Right. It starts with self is what I think I'm hearing you say is that yes. we can, we're only in control of this, this vessel yes. right here, this, this mind right space here, we got. Mm -hmm. these lips right here, we're in mm -hmm. control of ourselves. And I would love for you to tap into the mindfulness aspect of this, what it means sure. for you and how you think that mindfulness can, mindfulness can help mm. the collective. Because when you're oh. sitting here talking about, you know, judge people judging everybody. I mean, to yeah. me, all I hear with that is dense energy because that's, you know, it's all going yeah. out to the collective, yeah. All this, yeah. this negative low vibration. So how can we contribute each one of us? Like we think sometimes that little old me isn't going to do right. enough, but, right. you know, right. when you look at us as little mini universes and how powerful it we adds really up. are, yeah. it does. Uh, very good question. I'll take a deep breath. As simple as we have two ears and one mouth, right? You know, we are made to hear more than we speak. We are made to see more than we speak. We are made to smell more than we speak. Like there's a lot of our physical makeup that goes more into our existence than words. That's why we find at times words are so difficult, you know? Um, maybe that's why we have so many languages because we're trying to express all these things that we can hear and see in double dimensions that the mouth in its singular words of the alphabets is so hard to do. And so how do we get better with the self, with our little old self is recognizing that little old self has two ears and one mouth. You can take time to listen to your day, your action, and yourself more than you can speak on your emotions about it. Mm -hmm. Being reminded that our emotions are guiding systems to our essential overall being, what we're, what we're vibrating, what we're doing, what we're thinking. So if we feel sad or we feel discomfort or we feel imbalanced, it's a great, great signal to dig into it's a great great red flag to start recognizing it's something to start opening the door to mindfulness your emotions help you get mindful why because they also come from your body they don't come from your mind you interpret them through your mind and you can definitely remember an experience that all of a sudden you start to internalize in the body. Oh my God, I remember when I got eject rejected or when I got fired or when somebody told me no or when that person almost ran me over or what you could start feeling those things in your body from your mind. So you are not little. If anything, if you want to be little, then you're an atom and an atom is everything. Mm -hmm. All that we see. So being in loving care of your wellness, starting to recognize the things that you may or may not like that you choose to do in your life. There's a lot we can't control. So you choose to wake up in the morning. No, you may not choose to go to the job you want, but yes, you did walk into that job and sign the application. But we won't, we won't necessarily say it like that but we will say you needed a source of income, right? So sure, you signed up for the job, but it wasn't what you wanted, but you needed a source of income. So when you wake up every day, you may feel because you needed a source of income and you got a job that you necessarily didn't want, that you may wake up because you don't want to, but you have to. Of course you have to, because just like in that example, all of those things happen because of you. You got the job, you woke up in the morning, you set the alarm, you decided to get dressed. You, you, you. The importance of that is the control that that offers you. What can you do in the space of that to make it even more mindful? Don't pick up your phone first thing. Or maybe when you wake up, 
you wake up five minutes earlier than your usual time and use that five minutes to literally sit and breathe and just start saying gratitude things, grateful things. Or just sit in silence. Play some rainwater, play some force music, anything. Mm. Control that space. And you'll realize more and more there's everything in your control. The idea of nothing or certain things being in your control, it's because we're not mindful of what is our, in our control. Mm-hmm. So you can get that center or get into that space of at least helping yourself, starting with that wellness, by getting aware of your daily actions. I mentioned opening a space of awareness before you start your day, before you brush your teeth, before you pick up your phone. You can put that at the back end of your day. Or you can put something like that in the middle of your day as well. Doing your space at work, doing lunch, you designate five minutes in the car of scream time. And you scream as loud as you can. And you scream as loud as you want for those minutes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I'm so happy I could scream. So happy I have a voice and a body to feel that. That was definitely something I needed to do. Hmm. This job is definitely not good for me. I'm recognizing that okay, now I can go back into this space with a different sense of awareness instead of the escape awareness or the escapism that we offer ourselves that let me just get through the day. And then when we get by the end of the day, we code, we, um, we numb, we numb ourselves to it. And then wonder, how did I get here? Well, it started with you not addressing your day, <laughs> just like that. And then thinking you're in a rush and then you get in traffic and instead of, listening to classical music or something more calming, you decide to put on the radio and put on Bill Burr, Boo, Bob, or whoever, and get into that space of something contrasting that whether it be right or wrong is getting you agitated. Now you walk over to the water cooler and there's that guy in that blue shirt that you really hate. And he has that flag that you don't even, right. What are you doing to yourself? What are you doing to yourself? But I, 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 Yeah, yeah, but what are you doing to yourself? I'm not saying you don't like his shirt or it's an ugly shirt. I might agree with you, but what are you doing to yourself in relation to that ugly shirt? Mm -hmm. Are you wearing the shirt? Then you should relax. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're saying is that I call this not being a victim when, Uh, you know, we're just going to sit there and and act like everything that's coming at us all the time and, and and we have no say in this and poor me, pity party me, this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. In, in my opinion, it's like, do you like that feeling? Do you <laughs> like that feeling? Because if you do, Listen, have a good day, you know, it, enjoy. It can actually be I don't empowering. like that feeling. It can be empowering. No, it's the dopamine effect. Mm. It's the idea of that instant gratification. I'm happy being wrong mm. because I'm right. Mm-hmm. You understand? I feel good being upset. Right, right. And you start looking to get things and people and but places that's around a drug. you upset. Oh, it's, of course it is. It's a drug. <laughs> we, 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 we are addicts. Mm. Our nature is naturally addictive. It's like survival. We are addicted to survival too. <laughs> right. You know, we, we, we are sticky in that way. It, you just reminded me it's in the beginning of the year, I used to have a, a statement of I love people and I hate humans because I had to find a way to get over 2020, you know, and get through it, not over it as to put it behind me, but to put it beneath me so I can stand up, you know, use it as a, a stepping tool or stool and loving people and hating humans. I'm seeing it's a continued conversation, but it's me, you know, I'm the, I'm the people and I am the human. You know, so loving and hating myself, it starts with that work mm-hmm. and it starts with recognizing what that is. Have you noticed that when you start to heal your inner world, when you started to love and accept yourself, that that more naturally flowed out to your environment? Yeah, I call that the pretty girl effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when a pretty girl knows she's pretty, then the world around her just like, man, you're pretty. Thank you. Yeah, you're pretty. And then she starts dressing pretty. She starts acting pretty. And I don't mean it um, in the daisy, uh, ditzy kind of way. I mean it like I'm acknowledging my beauty and I'm sharing it with the world. So I carry myself well. I, sp- I speak to my 
purpose, you know? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean you don't cuss. It doesn't mean you don't do whatever you want, but you know who you are, you know? And then you express that in a beautiful way. That's natural to your, you know, you're, you're accentuating it. Mm -hmm. So um, when we do that to ourselves in that way, we're shining that loving light. We're, we're making ourselves look pretty from inside. So it's almost like, I want to share that with you. Religion has that effect too. When somebody gets like religious, you know, and they're like, oh, now I got to share, share religion with everybody. Now I got to convert everybody because everybody's got to look this pretty, you know, or look like this. Mm -hmm. So it, it has its, it has its place. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've just noticed for me that when I stopped judging me, mm -hmm. I, became way less judgmental of the outside world. It was my judgment of myself that I was projecting onto everybody else. So when I started to love and accept myself, I naturally became more loving, accepting of others. Mm -hmm. Yes. Did yes. you have that? Yeah. 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 And it, that was the hard part, you know, because it, it, it really did start with the idea of pleasing the world around you mm -hmm. and in our in our society, and I know growing up in school, it's part of your conditioning to please others, make your family proud. Even your family tells you, you have to make us proud. You know, nothing about you that makes you happy, but get good grades, be successful, don't cause any trouble, don't get pulled over, don't get caught, don't. Okay, but what you ever ask me, what do I want versus what I have to do? I have to do, well, it's just life. And granted, I'm not saying fuck up. I'm not saying we don't have to learn how to tighten up our bootstraps and get with life. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that there has to be that bridge, the bridge of who I am in the life I want to live. So mm -hmm. that when I'm living the life I want to live and I'm aware of the things that are happening around me, they don't affect me as much or at all. Mm -hmm. You understand? They're not I'm not judged by them or feeling that I need to be. I don't have this external gratification seeking missile that needs to hit its target every day from a woman who feels like a man, she needs a man to tell her something or a man that feels like he needs his society to tell him what a man is or any of those things. All those things have a place, but when they're put in the place like they are now, it's like you're saying, it's destructive. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a, a loving family. There's nothing wrong with having a loving relationship on whatever that looks like for both of you, but, or for all of you. <laughs> but if you don't, if it's not healthy, if it's destructive, then all those foundations you're attempting to build it on won't work. They'll corrode. They'll mm -hmm. become toxic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The inner world will affect the outer world. 100%. 100%. Yeah. You talked about lo taking loving care of your wellness. And yeah. I loved that verbiage. Can you, <laughs> can you share? Because think of that is so yeah. beautiful. We, we have to take loving care of our wellness because yeah. we're relying so much on the outside world to fulfill us that if that's not there, then we're left this little empty shell with nothing. And it's all about pulling it in, pulling it in and taking, and taking responsibility. Because I'm a huge advocate of, of taking personal responsibility. That's, I yeah. talk about that a lot on this podcast is we got to take responsibility and stop looking yeah. outside there. I remember hearing some of your talks on wisdom about that. No, I fully agree. Okay. I fully and, agree. And one of the things is taking loving care of your wellness. So can you give us examples? Because you do so much. You do, um, I can read it right here. You do <laughs> free running, which is parkour, yeah. which is mm. like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and climbing, which yeah. my brother's a huge rock climber, meditation, Ooh. music, plants as medicine and oh, love yeah. as your religion. Mm -hmm. So are these, what you're saying are what you do to promote this wholeness and wellness uh, inside yourself? Um, well, yes and no. So these mediums, I call them, whether it be parkour, yoga, climbing, cooking, moving, um, doing backflips, doing backflips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, so I'm going to be the first in the U S to be over 40 to do the lowest backflip. I promise you, I'm probably that guy right now, but it doesn't matter. It's just more of like a, a thing to be like added to the, the possibility of humans. 
So I just um, want to explain really quick what that means to everybody that's listening. He, I was oh, on Instagram sorry. and all of a sudden I see him in this squat position. Ah. Cosmonaut do this just squatting backflip, boop. And I was yep, like, a backflip from a what? squat position. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's highly, it's a very intense move. Uh, very technical in a sense of um, one slip up and that's your neck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, I use these mediums, I guess, to get to the point. Uh, where yoga and parkour and jump rope and climbing and stillness meditation and even movement meditation, wellness to me, even though it is a buzzword of today, to me, it's like, it's the word lifestyle of the past. To say wellness means this is my lifestyle. And so the things that I do and the things that I offer are of a well, a welling a wellness you know mm -hmm. they all work to that that coming that coming together so for me parkour works also yoga also strength training but they work for me mm -hmm. they don't have to work for everyone mm -hmm. i can't i don't i don't ice skate i don't do any snow sport um i don't you know there's things that i don't do not because i can't but i realize they're not for me and they don't help express me in my best attitude, back to my emotions again, in a sense of making my wellness a better practice. Mm -hmm. So I do explore things that I'm not necessarily good at to find out of like um, Frisbee golf. I got really interested into that and trying to find out more about it and get better because I've, I've been into throwing Frisbees. I've tried golf, but never decided to put it together. <laughs> my brother's so huge in Frisbee golf. <laughs> Huge. He so, loves it. And, and I'm realizing it's a culture at this point, you know? Yeah. So again, it's something for me to explore in. But the more I got comfortable with the sports or the movements and the, the things that brought out my wellness, the more I got comfortable with them, the more it was easy for me to consider doing something else. Mm -hmm. Yes, in a certain space, people were like, oh, you need to do this and you need to do that. But I realized what they were saying to me is that if I wanted to figure out what I want to do with my life, just try different things. And then for things that click, then stick to them, double down on that. So that's what I did when it came to parkour and free running. There's a history as to how I got involved. And when I got involved, I just didn't look back. My, my thing is if I, if I love something or if I'm in love with something, I don't give up on it. Mm -hmm. And so I, I find a way to make it be a part of why why i want to be with it <laughs> and um i do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over consistency over intensity because if i stop and then start again that's too intense but if mm -hmm. i find little trickles throughout the day or little moments throughout the week or little times throughout the month or the year to do it then that's my level of consistency and that my wellness now becomes an overall lifestyle thing that whether it happens in this moment, like in this conversation, or this year, because I've done this with my body, I've done this with my mind, I've done this with my diet, you know? Um, a lot of us want the change right then and there because we're usually at the wall right then and there. Mm -hmm. We're usually yeah. faced with the weight right then and there. But just because you're strong doesn't mean you need to lift heavy things, okay? So you can put the stuff down. You know, if you're juggling 10 things and you drop two things, don't focus on the two things that you drop. Go back to the eight that you have successfully now have more space to manage because you got rid of two things. Mm -hmm. You know, so the wellness is an overall practice. It's a thing that you find discipline in doing every day. And it's not just what you eat or the nutrition that you take, you know, your vitamins and so forth or your greens. It's also in how you talk, how you carry yourself. Um, I actually wrote a book or self-published a book on Amazon called a hundred ways to be cosmic. And it's like a daily quote. And I go through these hundred ways that I myself created over the span of seven years of getting better with myself. I mentioned I was an engineer and I spent 20 years in that space. And I realized I needed a, to take a space back. And in that space, the book up till now, the book was developed and a hundred ways to be cosmic is my way of giving back all this conversation and more in little snippets or little bite-sized ways throughout your day that you can read. 
Um, and there's even a journal in there that you can add in notes to the concepts of what I'm sharing with you that's a part of my life. So that's wellness for me. Wellness is how I express my love through these mediums. So it could be marriage, it could be family, it could be, again, anything, anything. That's why it's no thing. You know, back to our beginning space or the beginning of the conversation, it can't be any one thing. That's why it's nothing. It's everything. It's not just one thing. It's everything. Um, and we are so vast that we're only just left with these five to six, seven senses. And that's it. And that's all we can see out of. But if we can see out of more of that, it, whew, we wouldn't be able to handle it. <laughs> right. right. We took a step back. Wow. Well, we're kind of, we're coming to the end of our time together, but I just want to know if there's anything that you, well, actually, let me ask you this question. I love this mm -hmm. question. What would you tell your three things that you would tell your younger self mm -hmm. that you wish you knew then? Mm -hmm. You know, you talked a lot about how I, I seemed aware as a child, you know, and, and, um, you know, time is, memory is not linear in that way, you know, so it, I could have remembered it in different spaces and the way that it sounds good. So to speak to the memory that I'm maybe there that I don't know, <laughs> um, I would say, if I could speak to my younger self, I would say, I'm here for you and I'm going to listen. And I would just listen. I'd find a way to hear him out, um, spend time with for him to just tell me what's on his mind, if he can. You know, a lot of this, you hear me talking a lot because it comes from me not being able to know how to express it. And now that I've gained knowledge and gained wisdom and gained a sense of strong articulation, I can express and I can find mediums and modems and conversations and ways to all make it sound great enough to have a powerful return and vibration. But it's that little boy again, trying to figure out to talk about the things that that were happening that he didn't know how to tell his mom yeah you know and um not feeling so alone you know yeah those are powerful words because i do feel like just as humans sometimes we feel like we're invisible or mm -hmm. we feel like we're alone even if sometimes we're with people that do understand us we we don't realize they understand us or correct you know it's I don't know. I think it's this weird journey that we're on for sure. Cause you know, it's like we're with people, but we're kind of not with people, but we kind of are, you know, that's why I love people and hate humans <laughs> because there's, there's this thing that we're supposed to be that we know nothing about. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be human, but we know nothing about ourselves. You understand? We just, but yet we're people in a society who wear glasses because we can't see and put on clothes because we're cold, you know, logical things. But yet we have crime, we have famine, we have this, you know, people hurt, um, poverty. Why? Why do we have those things if we have clothes, if we have chairs, if we have cups, you know? Why do we, if we can fix all these small little logical things, why aren't we fixing the big things? Mm -hmm. like? shouldn't they be more important than how what kind of cup i buy why are there why are there why is there more than one type of cereal why is there more than you know it's just weird for me too you know i agree with you i agree with you 100 yeah. it's just weird that certain things exist but yet we have certain things that just go on in life not just exist but go on so for two to three generations some people were born poor or born malnutrition or born in war, you know, like always like this, this is my father was a soldier. My mother died. Like, this is it for me mm -hmm. today. But yet we can go to the store or to the bucks or wherever and have variety. Why? Mm -hmm. So I, I, it's constant and I don't look for answers. I look for balance. Right. There you go. And that is a beautiful sentence to end on right there. I don't look for answers. I look for balance. Namaste. Indeed. We're going to put indeed. that period right there. 
Bam. Or exclamation point, whichever. <laughs> or both. Or both. Because we do that. Excellent. So where Cosmonaut, where can people find you if they want to connect uh, with you? Um your social channels, your YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was gonna get really deep with that answer. No, um, yeah, go on Instagram as only black cosmonaut. Um, my podcast is also only black cosmonaut. Um, my Twitter is also only black cosmo. So oh, you can pretty much find me at those handles and titles. My name is Howard Palmer, you know, so if you want to put Howard Cosmonaut Palmer all together, you might find some, a lot of things. You'll find my movement. And um, I also offer all of these guided meditations on my podcast for free. I also offer one-on-one -on -one sessions of learning how to begin, whether it be yoga or actually how to begin to meditate. Mm -hmm. So these are live offerings or classes that I've sometimes gives um, weekly sessions for, or I give um, one-on-ones. It's not a big promotion because I feel the free work is a lot more of what I want people to get involved with. But if you just want to hang out with me and you want to learn with me, I'll go ahead and charge you because I love money too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go ahead and charge you. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, it has been such a blessing to have mm -hmm. you here with us on the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. I really thank appreciate you, so you much, being Kristen. here. I'm was, so glad. I'm, thank you. So thank glad you. we connected. And I look forward to having more conversations over at the Wisdom app as well. Yes, yes. We should definitely get a talk going. We could maybe even come up with um, weekly subjects that we can talk together about and get people in just to oh, build yeah. more community in the conversation. Be my guest. I'll be your guest. Yes, the we sky's the limit. We you know, we're just new over there at Wisdom. So if anybody hasn't yes. signed up yet, it's only available for the iOS users right now, but it yes. will be for the Android users very soon. Yes. And I can't wait for that. Cause I have a lot of people waiting for that. They're like, they, what do you mean? Only the iPhone. I'm like, I know. It's okay. It's we'll, we'll set the platform. We'll create the room. We'll set the stage for you. So you Android users, when you get on over and get on the wisdom app with us, we'll, we'll be great. We'll be we can't wait to see you. Basically. Oh, you'll have so much fun. It's such mm -hmm. a beautiful space. Thank you again so much. Thank you so much for being here. Yes. You, you have a great everything. And thank you so much for, for having your podcast. And thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. I hope you all enjoyed this interview as much as I did. And if you did, I would sure appreciate it if you jumped over to iTunes and left me a five-star rating and review. And don't forget to share it with someone that you love. Until next time, everyone, remember, you matter.